It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, it's Whatevs Wednesday with our dear pal Katie Heindel, who is along today to talk about some big picture topics regarding your Toronto Raptors. Is OG Ananobi a star already? It's a little unorthodox, but I think he kind of might be. We're going to discuss that. We'll also talk about Scotty Barnes' struggles and the annoying conversation around him and a whole bunch more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1283 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, November the 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors for nine seasons on all sorts of different platforms. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. There you can find the link to my Substack, which is called Post Touches, if you want to subscribe to that. Uh, I'm also on Twitter with the show, at Locked On Raptors. You can find the show for free and all your favorite podcast apps, too. You can subscribe, follow, rate, review, all that good stuff. And we are on YouTube if you want to go hit the big red subscribe button help support the show it is so so appreciated as we push towards 3,000 subs over on the tube all right on today's show which is of course your first listen of the day we are joined as we always are on wednesday by katie heindel at whatevs on twitter thus the whatevs wednesday moniker that everybody is talking about it's ringing through the streets katie when it's wednesday bells are going off it's whatevs wednesday dong 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 uh hi well welcome in katie how's it going Good. That feels appropriate for the weather. It does feel very much like a Charles Dickens morning. Mm. So yeah, that's that's I heard some people clanging the bells for me this morning. It was nice. It's nice. I'm glad the the it's just the rapturous sound of mm-hmm. bells clinking throughout the streets <laughs> for Katie. That that that's a world I want to live in, baby. Uh all right, Katie. On today's show, we're going to dig into some bigger picture Raptors topics. Uh, we're going to start with OG. We'll talk about Scotty Barnes. We'll talk about some guys who are maybe making a name right now, kind of building mm-hmm. on the thread I started yesterday when I was digging into just sort of the benefits, the weird silver linings of having none of your players available because you have to try to spin it positively. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself crazy. We'll get to all that later. But we should start with OG and Anobi, Katie, who so far this season in 15 games, I believe him and Christian Coloco are the only players to have played all of the games for the Raptors at this point, which is kind of crazy. Uh, 17.3 points, uh, 6.1 boards, just under two assists, 2.7 steals to lead the NBA. Uh, one block a game as well. He is shooting 36% on his threes. He is shooting overall 46%, which is, you know, fine. Uh, and, you know, he's had some wonky shooting nights. He's had, had some great shooting nights. It's all kind of been a, a weird mixed bag there. And the profile, Katie, so 17, 6, 2, 2.5 steals. Like, yeah, that's a very good player. 
I kind of maybe, Katie, am thinking that OG Ananobi is a star right now, and it's just like a different version of the star that we typically kind of associate with that word, where it's like, oh yeah, he's averaging 25 a game, and he's kind of this offensive engine or whatever. Um, it feels different, but just like eye test-wise, when you watch a Raptors game, I don't know if there's a guy, other than Pascal Siakam when he was healthy, who's popped off the screen more than OG Ananobi has for the Raptors this year. So I ask you, Katie, is OG Ananobi a star? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this so much. Um, I think his trajectory is so much different than any of his, uh, <laughs> I was going to say colleagues, teammates. Um, I like the idea of calling too. teammates colleagues. Yeah, yeah that's fun. It's professional. <laughs> uh, just because, you know, as we've said, like, it's tough when you're on a team where everyone has taken these, like, leaps and bounds progressions, and mm -hmm. your progression has stayed more of, like, a steady state, right? Like, mm -hmm incremental season over season you're it, you're not gonna look on paper like oh you've had this kind of explosive like uh, improvements because the what you're being compared against is also not normal right sure. it's like not normal what we've seen of pascal siakam or uh scotty barnes like even fred van vliet you know like it, that's not the norm of the nba mm -hmm. so i think when you compare to that that's where he can kind of get lost a little bit in the shuffle of like the conversation of is he a star you know um where does he kind of fit and like also if you want to talk about all-star candidacy like all defensive all that stuff but i really think he is and this version of og that we're seeing is my favorite version of og and brings me back to memories of bubble og ananobi who was like sneaky stealthy weirdly scaring uh superstars like lebron james and anthony davis i remember because he has this ability to just like pop up in spots like right yeah. inside like sneak up on people because he is so quiet and his game is kind of this demure you know blink and you'll miss it sort of thing but like for, like recording 40 steals for this season so far yeah <laughs> like that that is a, that is a stat to just kind of you know like w open your eyes very widely as I just pantomimed uh, at. And that is like the, the stat that I love because it means that we got sneaky, sneaky, scary OG back. <laughs> yeah. Like the, and it's another thing too, because the steals are so essential to what this team does in terms of its identity and like the way it butters its bread, which is get steals, run the other way, dunk on the other team, get back and play defense, get steal yeah. again. So like it, it's, yeah, he, he's so essential to the just the identity of the team bearing out night to night. And look, I'm not going to use this comparison more than once because it's not the same comparison. It's just the easy one to draw to to be relatable. But Draymond Green does that stuff for the Warriors too, right? It's a different kind of thing. Obviously, the defense is unbelievable, probably even greater than what we see from OG because he's one of the best defenders we've ever seen. But... He doesn't score at the level of a star. He doesn't shoot at the level of a star. He barely shoots at the level of me um, on, on, a, on a regular day. But he is so instrumental to making what the Warriors do work. You take him out of the mix, you can have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson all you want, and they'll win you plenty of games, but it's not going to look like the Warriors are supposed to look. And I think at this point, the Raptors are not going to look like the Raptors are supposed to look without OG Ananobi, who is just so freaking good at one-on-one -on -one defense team defense help defense at the rim it doesn't even matter he's just there in every single aspect and it is amazing to behold uh, do you have like a 
a favorite thing that OG does right now, Katie? There's lots of different things that he'll kind of do over the course of a game, all the sort of idiosyncrasies of his play style. Is there something that kind of pops to mind where it's like, yep, that's the thing I tune in to watch OG do? I mean, besides everything I already mentioned, which is mm-hmm. kind of like that's what I, t- I tune in to watch him somehow get to the corner, like get mm-hmm. to the pocket and like be wide open for a three and make that shot and mm-hmm. have every every one of his defenders and even some of his teammates be like, how do you get over there? Um, <laughs> but I have to also say, like, it's been really thrilling to watch him be back on, you know, just kind of uh, being a bit of an offensive powerhouse and like cutting mm-hmm. right down through the middle of the paint for dunks or like not even right down the middle. He'll do it in these like circuitous kind of ways Yeah, that don't really make sense, but he's just plowing through, uh, plowing yeah. through defenders. I think that's been really cool to watch again, because to me that translates to confidence, you know, and the confidence of having the ball in his hand and being able to like get up close. And I think, yeah, he knows his bread and butter are, are those outside shots, but to also see him use his physicality and be able to go in, Again, I think also right now that's what the team needs because when you're down so many guys, yeah, um, it doesn't hurt to be able to have someone on the floor to be able to do that and also to be able to do that to make a statement in terms mm-hmm. of the confidence of the team. So I think that has been really delightful to watch, though I granted like so has everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the instances where he just decides that, oh, yeah, I'm going to prove right now that I'm stronger than the dude who's trying to guard me, and I'm just going to, like, barrel into him, and all of a sudden, I'm standing underneath the basket and about to dunk it. Like, it's pretty rare to see that level of strength and, like, dexterity. I know he has his issues. Like, he's, you know, I think he's turning it over on, like, one out of every six drives or isolations right now, which is not the best, but, like, when they're at full health and they have Siakam and they have Fred, that's not something you're asking OG to do all that much anyway. And he kind of gets to move back into his peak offensive role, which is mm-hmm. opportunist, which is, you know, he, he he benefits from all the gravity everyone else has everywhere. And he's such a good play finisher that it's a damn good spot to have him operating. Um, yeah, he's just been amazing. I, I guess the last question on this, Katie, is, you know, I, I think this season is largely about figuring out who are the guys for whatever the contention window is going to look like? How are, How is it all going to work around Pascal and Scotty, who you figure are kind of the two that are penciled in to be, all right, these are going to be the stars of the team, no doubt, going forward. Um, I, I would imagine Fred's also in that mix, but he's obviously a free agent, so TBD on that at the moment. For me, like, OG has clearly, like, made it clear. Like, unless it's for an absolute superstar, you're not trading OG because he's so essential to how the team operates. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question is, like, do you think a team built with OG Ananobi as its, like, third best player, like, can he kind of hack it as the third best player on a team with championship odds? Obviously, all teams are made differently, different assemblages of players, blah, 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 blah. But if you go to, like, the sort of peak end game version of what this team is, can you envision OG, the player he is now and might still become as he's just 25, is he the kind of guy who you feel comfortable with as like your third option on a championship team? Yes, I feel comfortable with that. And I will say every NBA season is always about figuring out who the guys are. I feel like that's our whole job sometimes. <laughs> I wish Who it, are the guys? Sometimes I wish it was. I wish it was a little bit more uh, broad, um, open-minded. But that, that is, was the beauty of last year's Raptors team, where it's just like, eh, who knows? Just just yeah. roll with it, and uh, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Let's just yeah. watch some weird hoop. And We're in a constant. We are in a constant cycle. 
of like panicking and picking like who are the guys not yeah, just yeah. for the Raptors I mean <laughs> uh, the league at large aside from that yes I do think so because I also do feel there's something we haven't talked about yet which is this sort of level of responsibility you know mm-hmm. and, and I think like showing that he's ready for it and we've we've seen that from his teammates uh in terms of how they play but also like the statements they just outright have made you know yeah. like I think of going back to media day things that Pascal and Fred have said. Um, but I do think there's a bit of a change in tone from OG too. And I, so I think, you know, you got to take someone at their word and then you got to, they got to be able to back it up. And thus far he has, it's like a small sample size, but like, I think it's a pretty solid one going into this season. But yeah. like, yeah, you mentioned there's some things there's, of course there's room for improvement, like turnovers. That's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. that's such like a, a way to just effectively leak and lose all your momentum. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is a as team the that, Raptors are familiar yes, with being the one who sap the joy from others. Exactly. <laughs> they're familiar with it, but they are also a team that are very, um, you know, like this, uh, they're very susceptible to momentum losses and not being able to get themselves out of the mud, you know, and that happens, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he needs, he needs a strong contingent around him. You sure, know, like yeah. whether, like, I think it's a lot to ask anybody to sort of hold that, to hold that on their shoulders and like be able to carry the team forward. But I think, yeah, as like your third superstar or like star option, mm-hmm. I guess I'm getting ahead of myself if I face high superstar, but uh, as <laughs> your third star option to lead the team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And just to kind of reiterate, I think it's a different shape than most stars. Like he's not coming out and averaging a ton of points and all that stuff compared to what you typically expect. But I think the defensive contributions are so enormous and just like slapping you in the face whenever he's on the floor. It's like, oh, yeah, this is star shit we're seeing. Yeah, It's funny, like when you made the Draymond Green comparison, right? Like Mm. you wouldn't and like the strength comparison of like you don't think of OG and Anobi as being that strong, but he is. It's just, you know, Draymond for seasons and seasons and seasons. That's what he's his his core identity has been. Mm -hmm. He's this huge, strong guy who's like going to go in, uh, be a defensive menace, get rebounds, just like protect the paint. OG doesn't mm-hmm. come across that way because he does those things a lot, as we said before, more like stealthily and quietly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that he can't. Sure. Yeah. OG Rocks, I think, has been the thesis point of this first mm-hmm. segment. We're going to continue on and talk about someone who's not playing quite as well as OG right now, but uh, is probably going to be fine, right? We'll talk about Scotty Barnes and the issues going on with him, the conversation around him in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about a new sponsor we have here, and that is Turo, which is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, whether wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and soon coming to Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan or for a family road trip. You can get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and you just need to get from A to B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you had your eye on as well to see if it fits into your everyday life. This is amazing. I just went on my honeymoon back in August and renting a car was the most expensive thing we did. It was insane. I would have loved if Turo was an option for us out on Vancouver Island in the summer and you should be checking them out right now. Every trip is backed by liability insurance terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. That's T-U-R-O.com. Today's show is also brought to you by our dear friends over at Built Bar. 
we love Built Bar, don't we? They're so, so delicious. And they have some brand new reimagined flavors for you to check out. They got the cookie dough topper, the coconut brownie bar, and the coconut brownie topper. They've also got white chocolate peppermint, peppermint granola. It's Built's take on granola bars, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. They got the candy cane brownie, Built Puffs. They, they're also fantastic. They're the marshmallowy delicious treats. They got a wonderful lineup of stuff for you to check out. Lots of brand new flavors over on the Built.com website. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate covering every bar, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories. Just 130 calories in your standard bar. It's like half of what you're getting in your regular candy bar and way less nutrition in that Mr. Big Bar or something, whatever you're having as well. It's the wonderful thing where they've made it feel indulgent when it's not indulgent at all. Built, you gotta try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. That's the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. And we continue on here with your first listener of the day, Katie Heindel from Dime, hanging out for a Whatevs Wednesday. Let's talk Scotty Barnes, shall we, Katie? He has had himself a rough week or so. Uh, I made the point earlier this week, I don't think it's a coincidence that it coincides basically exactly with Pascal Siakam going out of the lineup because Pascal... Makes life easier for everybody, but it's not looked all that awesome with Scotty. And I think, weirdly, like, the vibes have been sort of the thing that have thrown me off, where he just, like, seems a little less engaged than usual and mostly a little less joyful than usual. The whole thing with Scotty Barnes is, man, does this guy ever love playing hoop? He's just happy and smiley and go-lucky. And it's kind of been missing the last week or so here, Katie. Um, you're the resident vibes expert, I, I think, really re- resident feelings correspondent on the podcast. Like, what's your read on what's going on with Scotty? Are you concerned at all about the sort of the, the on-court demeanor, stuff like that? I, I feel like the the shooting touch, that stuff's going to come. It's obviously a work in progress. He's a second-year player. He's 21 years old. You know, this kid was born after the year 2000. He's got some stuff to work on. But, um, you know, it, it has been notably different, I think, the last week or so than we've ever really experienced with Scotty Barnes. What's your read on what's going on? Are you concerned? Are you just sort of chalking this up to second-year player in difficult situation with best player out? What's your read on the whole deal with Scotty? Um, definitely more of the latter. No, I'm not all that concerned. I also think it's a fewfold. Uh, at the break, I just quickly went to go glance at his stats and was going to say exactly what you did. It, the drop-off and pretty much everything, certainly mm-hmm. like point production, even when you look at turnovers, like this all coincides with Pascal Siakam being out of yeah. the game, which shows you just how impactful uh, Pascal Siakam is in the way that like Scotty Barnes plays it off of him, but also just like all those small things and the ways that he's able to organize the floor. Mm-hmm. I think Scotty Barnes has to shoulder a lot more with Pascal Siakam out also with like precious out with Gary. I like, there's a lot of guys out right now that he just knows how to play off of. Yeah. He's only had one season. That's who he knows how to like play basketball alongside. And like, that's the style of basketball he's learned. Um, as far as like the, the joyful and the kind of smiley, happy go lucky thing, I almost get a little bit um, more worried about that. Not from him, from the expectation placed on him to be mm-hmm. this like joy generator yeah, at all times that you could just like pull a cord and kind of rev up because it's not realistic. Like I think yeah. a thing that we, when we look at the growth that he had in his first season, obviously that is a huge, maybe impossible thing 
for anybody to to live up to. So like it's and it's like a moving it's like a moving target in his totally. second season. Yeah. You know, some things will improve, some things will get maybe get worse before they get better. Like that's mm-hmm. I think just the nature of growing pains and what you want to call a sophomore slump. Uh, I also think folded into that he's going to be feeling a lot of different things because guys are out because he's not playing as well. He's not getting the results he's used to. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's not the game isn't as generative of joy, you know, or lightness as it has been for him. And that's fine too. I just, I think where my concern is, is being like, Oh, like, why isn't this guy happy anymore? Like what Mm -hmm. is, what does he have to be upset about? It's like, it doesn't mean that he's upset, but like we shouldn't yeah. always expect this guy to have a smile on his face because while well, we've grown used to it, and it's been such an amazing thing to witness. And of course, like I think everybody is very protective of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just make someone's personality that they're happy all the time. That's yeah. not good either. So I think <laughs> it's 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 a manifold thing. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that he'll come out of this stronger because like, you know, you've just, it sucks. You've just had a ton of new responsibilities that you're not used to uh, placed on you. You're getting some criticism from your coach when mm-hmm. Nick Nurse made the comment, uh, I think last week or the week before, just that he wanted to see Scotty use more physicality, which was a mm-hmm. bit surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I guess I see what he means in terms of like getting right up to the rim. Yeah, because um, he can it, whenever he wants to, really. He like can whenever he wants yeah. to, but during that stretch, he was also shooting the lights out from yeah. outside. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, I guess you want both if you can get both from someone like that. But, <laughs> um, you know, he's facing that that kind of stuff, too. So I think all of it is coming at once. It's a lot for him to sort of wade through and just take day by day and also game by game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it is some big regression. It's yeah. just you're going to see little blips of regression uh, in his game this season. That's sort of just the nature, I think, of being a young player, a second-year player, and a player with this many responsibilities uh, off the bat. Totally. And, and like, we saw, we, we forget, like, we saw little blips during the season last year as a rookie. Like, they're, oh, yeah. he's hitting the rookie wall. And then he burst through the wall uh, <laughs> and, you know, kind of always one-upped himself after these little sort of down spells. And I, I would imagine the same thing's going to happen here. And have you ever worked in an office or something like that where like three people who you normally work with are off and like your your office job gets less fun? It's not like the, everything there's no, changes. There's no good conversations <laughs> in the lunchroom. No one's bringing in donuts. You have to do more work. Time You're staying longer hours. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I, I just I really don't think it can be understated how important Pascal Siakam is to this team. Yeah. And in particular to like the joyful way with which the team plays as much as it emanates from scotty it emanates from pascal as well and to not have that and you know everything just gets a little bit harder the half court offense becomes a little bit more of a slog you're seeing the ball not go in just a little bit more often you're having these possessions that are kind of difficult and um Mm -hmm. i can imagine it could be grading and you know raptors fans are notoriously fickle i i don't think anyone who's like Sane is thinking this is like the end of Scotty Barnes or anything like that. Thankfully, like I, I think my little echo chamber has been pretty staunch and the Scotty will be fine camp. And I think that's the correct way to look at this because again, he's 21 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. These guys are, what were you at 21? Uh, <laughs> I was mess. a mess. Yeah. I'm still a mess, but yeah, it's a different kind of mess, I guess. Um, I, I didn't even shower before today's podcast. I'm a mess, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's, um, 
to me, I, I don't see it being a long-term thing that's going to hang over Scotty Barnes. And I agree with you. It is kind of like this unfair burden of like, you have to meet this level of happiness, Scotty. Otherwise, this is not good. Because And like, look, I do think the happiness is tied to his good performance, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think those things are, are very much go hand in hand. When he's playing with joy and spirit, like that lends to fun no look passes and just like eccentric happiness after big plays and stuff like that and we haven't seen it the last little while but again it feels so tied to that exact moment pascal siakam slips on the floor in dallas that mm -hmm. like i just don't think it, it can be a coincidence it, it, it's all together and this is what basketball's about it's a team sport it's not one dude and, and especially when you are missing pascal who is just just the massive force in how everything runs on the team I don't think you can expect anyone to kind of, you know, be there to be the, like the next man up thing is fake. That's not a real thing. There's, if, if, if next man up was a thing, then every team would be perfect and no one would ever suffer injuries because, oh, the next man's up. He's going to just do what that guy did. No, you can't do that. Pascal's really good. You can't be the next man up if you're not Pascal Siakam. It, it's it's hard stuff. Um, let's focus on some uh, maybe moments and little flourishes of positivity with Scotty Barnes here. Is there anything that's happened here over the last week that kind of gives you uh, an inkling that, hey, maybe things are kind of turning around here. Um, I, I have my own thoughts, and I think just like his general process has been pretty decent. But what's your uh, read on Scotty the last couple of games here? Do you see maybe some flashes and inklings that he might be pulling himself out of this little slump? Well, I actually think tonight's game will probably be a fairly good indicator. Like it's mm. a good match. Like the Heat's always like a good, frustrating sometimes, but like a good measuring stick. The, it gets the, the sports rage juices flowing. That's for damn sure. It does. <laughs> and, you know, they are very, they're a very pressuring team. Like they do mm -hmm. not let up. And I think what something that I was thinking of when you were just kind of talking through that last bit is just that um, to be able to kind of like smile or feel kind of lightness through pressure takes mm -hmm. a lot of maturity. So mm -hmm. I think that maybe Scotty's not there yet makes a lot of sense right like that's a big ask for anybody like it took pascal siakam till this season i would say yeah to be able to do that you know and to like make that kind of pressure more generative of um his game mm -hmm. uh i think for me I Sc like scotty has always struck me as someone who's able to make adjustments fairly quickly totally he doesn't usually go out and have like three bad games and three games in a row where he's doing the same thing quote yeah wrong, he's a quick learner for sure badly there might be other things because it's like <laughs> a, there's a lot going on in any given game especially right now for him um but he makes those adjustments pretty quickly so i think it's been heartening to see that um i think with i don't like that pascal is out and i don't like the effect obviously it's having on the team but in terms of being kind of more on the facilitating end. I also think that's it too. Like he's not, he's just like, he's not going to bring it like record as many points because he's not getting opportunities to shoot as much. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, like that's not where they're kind of putting him with all these guys out. So I think that's been pretty good. I'd be curious to see um, if he does more of that tonight mm -hmm. uh, in this game against the heat. But I think in general, I just, I enjoy watching him um, make these adjustments. I think it's just, you got to be a little bit patient and not think like he's going to make an adjustment and then the next quarter come out and like all this stuff will be fixed or even the next game, you know, for that matter. Yeah. And look, I think 
there's probably some ways the Raptors can help him go about it as well, right? Like I yeah. think the uh, they've been really just throwing him to the wolves against fast wings and guards lately, and it's just not working, right? Like the the perimeter defense is not there. Whether it's that the ankles are slowing him down, or he's just not the most laterally quick defender in the world right now. Mm -hmm. I also think he's, you know, he's playing too overzealously and getting too, like, you don't need to be that far up on Jaden Ivey, my guy. He's really fast. That's his whole thing. Don't let him run by you. Um, <laughs> but, like, I feel like with the personnel they have, even when injured, mm -hmm. you know, make OG that guy who's going to guard Jaden Ivey down the stretch. That's what OG kind of does, as we just talked about off the top. He's really good at that type of thing. Um, you know, have Scotty do the thing that he's been successful at so far this year, which is like help side rim defense and kind of being there to clean up messes. That's actually been a pretty solid part of his defensive mm -hmm. repertoire this year. I feel like they can put him in better positions to succeed that way. Um, offensively, it's tough, right? It's kind of like the Pascal in Tampa thing where it's just like, all right, I'm going to drive and then there's going to be four bodies and then I got to figure it out from there. And he's pretty good at figuring it out, but it's not perfect just yet. And you know, I, I think we saw some nice moments where, oh, having Malachi Flynn out there kind of makes, oh, there's an easy dump off for a dunk for, for Scotty or, or whatever. Um, having more ball handling and shooting on the floor certainly helps matters, but mm -hmm. I, I think they can also change the way they're using him a little bit to better put him in the position to succeed. That said, maybe they're putting him in difficult situations as a developmental ploy. And then, hey, you got to do that too. I suppose it's early in the season. You're still a young team. It's all very, uh, you know, new. Yeah, you never, test, test you the truly waters, never but. know. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, yeah. mm, I agree with you. I don't think it's been the best usage for him, but I also, then I'm like, but maybe this is a trial by fire kind of situation. Hundred percent. We never know. Um, Nick Nurse, he's a, he, he's a, he's a foxy fellow. He's a foxy fellow. <laughs> There it is. Sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. We're going to continue on and move on from that. Come back on the other side. Talk about some of the guys who are getting a chance to play right now who are maybe uh, playing themselves into bigger roles down the line. We'll get to that in just one second. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at... Uh, hold on. I know who it is. It's Bet Online, baby. Sorry. I have to coordinate which graphic I'm bringing up on the screen. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. The World Cup is starting like five days from now. And uh, man, if you want to throw some scratch down on Team Canada getting through Group F or whatever you want to do, it's all there for you. And they're going to help you be the informed wager. They're going to give you the insight on the teams that might crash and burn <coughs> Belgium um, or the teams that are going to go all the way. <coughs> the Netherlands, it's all right there. Uh, and they are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, rounding up the show here with Katie Heindel, taking a look ahead now. Um, you know, I kind of talked about this on yesterday's podcast, Katie, the idea that if there is a silver lining to be gleaned from this stretch of not having all their good players available, it's that guys are getting reps and run and might in some way figure into the plans down the line this season as a result. Is there someone who maybe we can just go to the Detroit game or the last couple of games? Is there someone who's kind of caught your eye, Katie, as someone who's maybe making a case to be a bigger part of the plans after the Raptors get their cavalcade of injured guys back? Delano Banton. All right. I like yeah. it. Obviously, he was really great against the, the Pistons. What are you like about Banton's the, game? The Pacers, too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like 14 points, sure. You go on to have like 25 the next game, not so bad, but like sure. 14's also nothing, nothing to really scoff at, like when mm -hmm. you need it. Um, mm -hmm. I think his especially right now, his kind of like wily explosive energy not the worst thing to have when uh, when teams are also like how are we gonna okay like maybe it's easy to game plan against this team we know that xyz guys are out mm -hmm. um but then you've got this wild card i think in banton where it's like okay we don't know no one knows how to game plan for that guy <laughs> right i think he has looked a lot better in terms of slowing his game down you know like and not tripping himself up Sure. Um, I think his decision making has looked pretty good and he mm -hmm. just like still retains that sort of wild energy, chaotic energy, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that I mean, he broke. I would say it's it is fair to say he broke the Pistons curse. Yeah, I, I think so, for sure. As I noted on Twitter on uh, Tuesday night, just thinking back to how mad Delano Banton must have been when Dwayne Casey refused to double-team LeBron James in Game 3 uh, yes. as he goes and hits the off-class buzzer beater. <laughs> like, that, that, like you think Dwayne Casey's out for revenge? Delano Banton's been seeking this revenge for five years now. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think, for me... As much as I think Banton's been awesome, and I do think he'll be part of the plans, he's been part of the plans this season, maybe yeah. kind of against my uh, wishes for the early part of the year where he wasn't doing a whole lot to be that effective. Very much changed the last few times out here, but I do kind of wonder if Malachi Flynn is maybe the more sort of like easy to insert into the mix guy, just mm -hmm. because like... He kind of does what they've been desperately needing from some sort of backup ball handler, which is just like settle things down, run the offense, and like don't have any funny business. And, you know, they usually get that with Pascal and Fred kind of sharing off and staggering and stuff like that. And I don't think the need for a point guard has been nearly as high as it's been suggested to be over the last year or so. But I do think like the way Flynn's playing, that man is playing like the wonderful backup point guards of my youth, the Anthony Carters, the uh, the, Der the, the Derek Martins, the, the Monte Morrises of today, the beautiful backups who play long time in the NBA, don't make all, all that much money, but make enough and are just like there. They're like the, the, the thing you can count on. I'm kind of getting those vibes from from Flynn the last little while here. The shot making's been a little bit better. He's hitting his threes. He seems to be just like overjoyed to have a big man to screen for him. And Christian Coloco, they get to run pick and roll together. That's fun. Um, and, and I just I, I feel like with Banton, 
like if the three point shooting's real, then then that's a different conversation. I'm gonna hold out judgment on if it's real just yet because we're still working on a pretty small sample here. But I think because Banton on the ball can be a little mm-hmm. bit tricky. Even with the better decision-making, he's a little bit more slithery trying to get into the teeth of the defense. I still think there are some issues there in terms of just like not a ton of burst, getting around guys without an 80-foot run-up uh, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And I think Flynn kind of is just like an easier guy to kind of plop into the mix and, and have him do effective, positive things with second units. Um, you know, but I, this is a good problem to have. Oh, the, the two backup point guards we thought might compete with each other are playing well. Whatever will we do? Uh, it's it's kind of one of them good problems. Uh, what are your thoughts on Flynn? Like, do you have any sort of read on him and, uh, you know, the way he's played? Are you equally as bullish? And I should say... I never thought in a million years I would be bullish on Malachi Flynn becoming a, a reasonable part of the rotation down the line. <laughs> Those were how low my my uh, my ambitions were for him coming into the season, but I think he's actually shown some tangible growth in the way he kind of conducts himself on offense, uh, and he continues to try really hard on defense, which you have to be happy with too. What's your read on Flynn and his potential figuring into the future plans of the team? Yeah, of course I'm happy for him. You know, he's someone who I think has I've long wanted to be able to say like, okay, he got a fair shake and then he he made the most of that opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. it was like one or the other was kind of missing. I feel like some of the opportunities were not were just sort of like piecemeal. And I get it. You got to be ready for the minutes that you get handed sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm sure he doesn't it's like I catch 22 because it's like he doesn't want these minutes because he doesn't want his teammates to be hurt. But I also think he stepped into them in a really meaningful way. I think um, I really like where he is like around the glass, like his rebounding. I don't know. Like I think mm-hmm. that's something that I wouldn't even necessarily uh, expect from him, just like given his size and where he's he grabbing and going. Plays. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been really cool to watch. Um, just like a general like fluidity and I think overall sense of the game around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like he's kind of looking like where should I be anymore? Yeah. Um, he gets he like knows where he's going and he gets there. So I think he's been really good. The last guy I did want to also give a shout out to because I feel like when he's steady, we just kind of forget about him. But he's also been like such a bright spot in these last few games as Chris Boucher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also it's just like you're very lucky that you've got someone who can be that productive quietly and then like step up. Sometimes you you know there's errors, but like. For the most part, I'd say um, it's been really nice to to see him play along, play so well alongside these other two guys. We're we're shouting out to. Yeah, absolutely. Boucher. I mean, I did a whole ode to Chris Boucher on yesterday's show. He's well, there amazing. you go. He's, so my rocks. bad. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, it's nice no to get other. About Chris Boucher. No, it's great like, to get other Chris Boucher talk like talk as well. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that, we're going to round out today's show. As the breaking news comes in, the Toronto Blue Jays have traded my favorite player on the Toronto Blue Jays, so I'm going to cry. Teoscar Hernandez is gone, and this uh, makes me sad. I don't know um, who that is. I'm sorry. We're, it's fine. You don't like baseball. It's cool. Whatever. Uh, we're going to wrap it there, though. Thank you so much. Uh, Katie, anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there before we get out of here? Yeah, I uh, I interviewed um, Kalia Copper last night, uh, WNBA uh, MVP uh, and WNBA former WNBA champ. Uh, so that'll be on time. She's doing some pretty cool stuff in her hometown of Philly, uh, giving back to the community. And she told me a funny story about Candace Parker making fun of her because she says she's not <laughs> strong. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll be on time. 
People make fun of me for that all the time. Uh, <laughs> we're going to wrap, wrap it there. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to Post Touches, my Substack newsletter. Uh, I should have a piece on OG coming out this week. I'm having a hard time, guys. The writer's block is real because I'm not good at writing like our friend Katie here. I, po- I pointed the wrong way on the I screen. Still, uh, you still get the block. So <laughs> my best advice, Sean, you just have to sit down and get started, which sounds so rudimentary, but honestly, that's the hardest part sometimes. so hard, Katie. Just get, uh, sit down and start writing. <laughs> some sentences and don't let yourself get distracted or stop it's not like i've not done this before i uh used i know to be a highly proficient blogsman but uh <laughs> boy it's uh, gotten difficult on hard times here either way we're gonna round it there you can uh, subscribe follow rate review all that good stuff we'll be back again tomorrow with jamar hines to talk about raptors heat which should be a good time surely hopefully they get some guys back i was actually checking twitter to see if there were any injury updates on the guys tonight when i found out this teoscar hernandez Mm. terrible news so um we're gonna wrap it there bye teoscar we love you we'll talk to you thursday Bye bye Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.